Hello and welcome to this episode of Crop Talk. I'm your host, Thad Stoffer, and joining me today are the state insurance product officers here at Compeer, Jason Gama, Lucas Kami, and Tom Timko. And today we're going to focus on an area that's been getting a lot of talk, and that is the Market Facilitation Payment 2.0, or MFP, as we've got commonly heard, and also the Rumor Disaster Assistance Program that is being discussed uh, as we speak today in D.C. to provide some relief for all of the wet conditions we'll be dealing with all spring. So guys, today's topic we'll start with, let's stick with the MFP first. We've got some information from what we've been dealing with with uh, our D.C. contacts, which is a benefit of working with Compeer. We've got some folks internally who've been in D.C. who provide us details. And then also we belong as an organization to a couple associations that are providing us valuable information as it relates to the MFP and disaster talk once we get to that. So let's start here with MFP. So to tee up our conversation here, guys, and Tom, you talked about this before we started recording, the MFP is important because we had the MFP payments last year in 2018. And as we've seen in the political environment, we're, we're suffering right now with the uh, trade and tariff discussions with other countries. So the MFP being discussed today, big questions are, where does it go? What impact will it might have on planning decisions? And unfortunately, for much of our listing area, we're underwater what hasn't been planted. And so people are wondering, what decision will I make based on this MFP payment? I think it's key to base potential MFP payment, right? So I think that's part of it. So let's kind of walk through some bullet points and things we've gathered. Guys, stop me as I walk through this. You have questions or additional comments to that piece. So important piece to, to identify is the MFP payment that was made last year and the one that's being discussed for this upcoming year is something that is based on um, commodity charter language that basically says can be given, funds can be given in support for production agriculture. So the key point there to take away is production agriculture means those acres have been planted. So one of the common questions I think you've been getting is how will that work MFP payments with prevent plant acres, correct? Yeah, we've heard that a lot. Okay. And so what we've been told up to this point, again, all subject to change and being approved by Congress and, and being available to us, hopefully soon, is that acres that aren't planted legally cannot be eligible for an MFP payment. So that's the first part. Okay. okay? Makes sense? We've also been told that the, the three payments were going to be made in, the term was used was, was tranche, so three payments. Um, one in that July-August time frame, potentially a second one November, and if necessary, a cleanup payment in January of 2020. So I, I know some of the questions have been around, will those be equal payments? Is it going to be a lump sum? Because if you look back to last year, there's $3.5 billion that never got paid out in the 2018 crop year. That money's gone. It's not coming back. It's not in addition to what could be uh, issued under the uh, I believe the number was $16 billion for this this round here. So I think that's important to to note as well, if they'll have a clean bit. Um, it's also unclear in those payments if they'll be equal or they'll be weighted 
or if crop price conditions will drive additional or less payments from you know payment one to payment two and into possibly payment three. I apologize for the information here because we don't know it, but what we know today is here's what's being discussed. I, we also know that those MFP payments uh, will not be any more than will not be any more than the acres you planted in 2018. So if you pick up additional acres, you'll be limited to the amount of acres that you planted in 2018 for a payment from what I was what I was told. Tom? I can't remember if that's accurate or not. So if I've got a farmer producer who picked up, uh, say it's a thousand acre farmer who picked up 300 acres. So there, there is some language that would discuss new producer acres that were prevent plant last year. Okay or added land acres, that is still part of what, what I've kind of outlined in my notes, okay. the, the discussion piece that they've got to address how those types of situations would be uh, included in the MFP for 2019. So good, good, comp, good question there. Another point to talk about here for the call is this payment will be based off a ratio of the crops within the county. And what we've been told is we think they're going to use the four last four or five years of what crops have been planting in that ratio. And it's key, different from last year. This isn't a percent of your production or a straight flat payment on production. This is a crop rate for the county. So whatever county you live in, that crop rate will be the same. And you're going to look at the mix of ratio for corn, soybeans, wheat, cotton so think about the crops that the mfp paid a lot more to in 2018 those crops would stand to say if the ratio is higher for those crops then you would see a maybe a higher crop county rate being issued in those areas so question that i don't want to like uh, create more conversation around this but if i have a lot more prevent plant corn in my county does that mean and I get beans planted, does that mean possibly I might have a larger payment in that particular county? So good question. What I would say is it's important to keep in mind the language they're working on today, as we know it, is a four-year average okay. of what that would be versus a strict look at 2019 plantings. So I think in some of our discussion is, does that going to impact what they decide to do from a planting standpoint? The MFP likely will have no, no direct impact on that piece. Make sense? Okay. Um, also, you have a question? Nope. Okay. The also piece is, and here's the actual information. So the direct payment piece is $16 billion. $14.5 billion is focused on crops. Um, specifically, now there's a laundry list of crops, but there, there are a lot of listed ones here. Uh, there is a piece for dairy based on a per hundred weight payment on production history. And there is a piece for hog producers uh, based on the hog and pig inventory that they might have. Not to be forgotten in some parts of Compere, we do have some um, cranberries and grapes and potentially you talk about cherries, things like that. Those folks will also have something in there as well. But then there's also a strict payment of $1.4 billion available that's food purchase and distribution programs. That's your fruits and veggies, your processed um, pork, lamb, beef things, and your milk piece. That's a separate piece to it. 
And then the third piece of that whole $16 billion is uh, an ag trade promotion program, which is made to assist in developing new export markets on behalf of producers. So that's something outside of that scope that's interesting that was developed starting last year, which I think will be good for long-term peace there. A couple things to keep in mind, as I mentioned about the, the single county rate, uh, will be based on planted acres in 19. As I mentioned, no prevent plant piece cannot exceed the 18 planted acres. Um, let's see, what else do I need to find? Note so here, I got a yep. question for you, Thad, because this is something that the insurance, the crop insurance people are hearing on as it relates to prevent plant. All right, so now I claim prevent plant. It's not planted. But I'm going to go, as we've talked on previous podcasts, and I'm going to go and plant a cover crop mm-hmm. uh, in the late plant period or outside the late plant period. At some point, I'm going to go plant something. Does that mean that now I'm eligible for my MFP payment? So that, that exact question was asked in our discussion we had yesterday with some industry groups. A second crop and or cover crop situation after prevent plant is in negotiations. Uh, and maybe negotiation is the wrong word, but it's in discussion at this point in time to identify some producers may choose to not even declare prevent plant and just issue that this is my planted crop. So that type of language and that direction still has yet to, to, to come out. So, and that question has been asked by a number of, of aging groups, including Compeer, because we know given the prevent plant situation in this year, that is a big deal. So that's, that's good, uh, good to know. Um, there will be a limit if on the added land piece as we kind of talked about earlier on some of those exceptions uh, if you're in those situations where it's new breaking just know that that's not going to qualify it's for a ground that is you know added new producer or prevent plant in prior years so that's kind of the mfp general roundup again we hope by the time this podcast gets released we have more information but as of this date uh, today, as we said, it's May 30th. That's the information that we know. Guys, questions or follow-up on that MFP discussion? No, like I said, I think the big one was the what happens if you claim prevent plan and then plan to second crop. I okay. think every agent we've, we've talked to has heard that question at least yep. once. And it'll continue to come up, and it's come up a lot. So that, that's important. We'll, we'll, we'll share up, you know, maybe a later podcast we see that. Or watch some social media or text messages from Compeer to address some of those things. That and, you know, the rumor out there was that if I had prevent plant, there's going to be some additional assistance or indemnities for to go along with prevent plant. So that, that Tom's actually a great transition as we talk about the disaster relief that's in the works in D.C. So let me, let me back up one second before I transition to the disaster relief program there. The math, people have asked us often, what does that math look like? What is my potential payment? And if you take the planted acres um, of what's available and you take that $14.5 billion and just do some simple math, you're looking at a, basically an average of $50 an acre. It's important to note that that $50 an acre is an average. So you'll have some areas maybe get something as low as 5 or $10 an acre, maybe some acre as high as you know, $80, $90 an acre. So that average is important. It's just an average Again, based on that that county ratio, that crop county rate, excuse me, as they establish that. And to that payment rate of 50 or whatever it is, again, that's going to be broken into three different payments. That's correct. 
Okay. Yeah. I think that's important for people to, to remember. It's not $50 and a crack. It's that one payment's broken up three times. Correct. Yep, exactly. And that's important because people are wondering, do I make planning decisions based on that? Chances are you just need to do what makes best for your business and move forward. And on that piece, as we transition to the disaster relief program, that has been an earmark of $3 billion for agriculture. Senate passed a version. We're waiting on the House to pass their version and what that looks like and kind of get that done. Um, so that, that's an important piece. But it's also kind of important to note there's a few bullet points on what's covered in this disaster uh, relief package. So focused on loss of crops. Uh, so there's still some hangover from the hurricanes. If you think about Michael and Florence, uh, there's a piece that you're looking at from milk is in there. Crops for prevent plant for 2019. Uh, you've got some of the forest fires and issues that happened out west that go into there. There's some fruit crops and tree crops that are in this piece there. Um, the flooding that's happened in, in the west midwest piece is also a big issue there. So it's not just a prevent plant payment, because some guys have asked that comment of, is this prevent plant? It's not. It's all these losses that have occurred from Mother Nature uh, in the last you know, 12, 12 months. So. so that's an important piece to kind of to identify there. Um, I do know, uh, you guys haven't asked yet, but I do know one of the most common questions you are getting is, in this disaster relief, I have heard or I am hearing talks about 70% or 90% levels of coverage for prevent plant. And I can tell you if the, where those levels came from in that language is under the disaster relief package, if you don't have crop insurance, you may be eligible up to a 70% loss payment for prevent plant acres. If you had NAP coverage or a prop insurance policy, you'd be eligible up to a 90% um, crop loss payment, right? Above and beyond what you've already received. I think the key thing for our listeners here is, keep in mind, this is only $3 billion that has to be applied in that disaster relief package. So uh, this is my opinion only, the likelihood of getting a full 90% or maybe even a 70%, is probably highly unlikely, which means we shouldn't see planting decisions or prevent plant decisions being made based on this disaster relief because that money is not guaranteed to the fullest. Now, in the, and we record this and this, the House may say something else and maybe language changes, but as we know it as of today, based on information we have been shared with, that's important to identify that those that's where we're at today um it's a big area it's got to cover all the grain areas have been you know impacted with flooding and continued rains so let me pause here questions from you guys as we've kind of walked through this so far uh no i think you've covered most of the information um but i think it's important that you just keep keep looking at social media and stuff like that, especially from computers, as we get more solid details, it'll definitely be shared out. Yeah, that, that's an important piece there because information is coming up daily, but the information is 
rumored or its opinions. Um, the information we shared here today is the factual piece of what we know of as of today. Um, another piece that's important to note is, in a, and we've talked about in a previous podcast, was the request to relax the haying and grazing rules uh, could get rolled up in this discussion here, whether it's the MFP or disaster piece, uh, more likely a disaster piece. At this point in time, as we, we talk today, that language has not been changed. Uh, would, would take, you know, a executive decision to, to make those changes based on how the policy sits today. You know, thank you for talking about those two subjects, that because those are the two main ones the clients are asking, because it would help them make their mind up or make help them make their decision. I mean, we all know the farmers want to do their best and get the crop in, right? Because that's what we do, just the way it is. Um, and thank goodness for that. It's just if we knew some of the numbers, it might make their decision easier or maybe make them feel better or more mm-hmm. comfortable with it. So as it turns out, I think uh, if we got too much water standing, the water's water. Yeah, if they got too much water sitting, it producers aren't going to get in and plant it. I mean, if they can't get through the fields without getting stuck or their planters bowled up, it's different than muddied it in where you can maybe get across the field. Producers just looking for a little bit uh, more sense of uh, direction or guidance as far as making that last decision. But we're getting to the end of corn. And I still think if the weather shapes up and it makes sense, I think producers in the next five to 10 days may still plant corn if mm-hmm. it makes sense. Commodity prices are rising. Farmers like to plant, it helps keep weeds down. And this is what farmers do, right? Especially if I've got cattle or dairy, they need it to go in the ground anyhow. Right. So you answered some of the, the questions that producers are looking for. Um, I'm hoping as we uh, hear more information to come out that we're going to be able to share this with producers in the same format. Yeah. yeah well, the important thing for, the, for our listeners um, and our clients in general is as information becomes available, we'll leverage our resources internally within Compeer and the industry to share, share information out with our internal team members, our clients, so that decisions can be made and, and then hopefully help us through this trying time. So can I summarize what I think I learned or heard today for producers? The MFP payment, it's not going to be a ton of money that's going to make a difference today in what you decide to plant. Yep. And number two, as far as any additional indemnities that prevent plant, um, I went through this last year as well as going through it again this year. It, it stinks. It's no fun. Um, we don't really know what's going to happen or what's going to be available, so you just need to do what makes sense for you and your farm. Yeah, and, and Tom, you brought something that made me think, too. It's important for our listeners to understand that prevent plant would be under the disaster package, USDA umbrella. That's not an RMA crop insurance piece. That's outside the crop insurance realm. But they're, they're rewarding those who do buy crop insurance with a higher payment rate on those acres, yeah, depending on how it all shakes out, so it does the benefit. And I think it's also important to note from a speculation standpoint, in prior years when we've had some uh, relief ad hoc type stuff, there have been some requests that you carry crop insurance the next two crop years. So I know if I go back into the, the late 90s, early 2000s, that was the case. So it'll be interesting to see how that language comes out and if producers take advantage of the disaster relief, what's that look like? Uh, another comment that is, is surfaced as we talk through this, which is good information to share. We don't know if that's got to be presidential or secretary declared counties. 
and we don't know if it's going to be contiguous counties. So the county designation will be important to see how they identify those counties and who, who makes that decision. So in prior years with ad hoc type disaster stuff, that was either presidential or secretary of ag de declared peace, right? So the president or, some, or secretary of Purdue would have to identify that piece. So that'll be an interesting piece to see what shakes out of, is it by county? Does it include contiguous counties? Or what that criteria is. So you're saying even if we have this disaster money out there for prevent plant, yep. this because you're suffering for prevent plant doesn't mean your county is going to qualify Correct. as a disaster county yeah. or be contiguous. Yep. Okay. And so if you look at the the NAS reportings for plantings okay. throughout, the, especially just the Midwest, what we cover, uh, you can see it's all over the board, right? Corn, corn and beans, uh, relatively, you know, not much planted, but we do have some counties within our territory that have got, you know, 50, 60% of their, their crop in, we don't know how it's going to shake out. So is this one of those events that it is what it is, or we should be uh, encouraging our producers to be contacting their uh, representatives? So on the political standpoint, one thing I can tell you without getting too, too in-depth or too political talk here is, what I can tell you is when it comes to Washington, D.C., they always would rather hear from the producer themselves and what's important to them and their area that they serve from a political standpoint than they would compere or an insurance company or a lobbyist because when they hear from the, 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 the troops on the ground, right, the people on the ground, that means something because those constituents are the ones that elected those officials. And that helps them when they go and they discuss disaster relief, they discuss MFP, they're representing the constituents within that area. And so it's important for us in anything we do to make sure we're connecting with our, our representatives, our Congress folks, to make sure we're sharing what we, what's important to us as a constituent. Perfect. Thank you so, for that. Good. Hey, guys, great discussion uh, this morning here on this. That's a really good discussion. We look forward to having more discussions on future podcasts. But for now, this will be it for Crop Talk. So please rate, review, and subscribe, and look forward to talking to you next time.